0: Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. It's a good time to take stock of your money and review the year from an investment perspective. The so-called Trump bump has gone away and volatility and uncertainty have returned. We know it's been a tough October and November for investment for investors this year with markets dropping and some... Actually ending up in the red. And uh, there is actually a tie in with our previous segment on China and the arrest of Meng Wanzhou. And we will get to that in a minute. But of course, the most pressing question right now is where? is our Santa Claus Rally. I'm here with just the right person to answer, Alan Small, Senior Investment Advisor at the Alan Small Financial Group with Hollis Wealth. Hi.
2: How are you?
1: Fine. How are you? Good. Where's my Santa Rally?
2: <laughs> I think that's the question everybody's asking. And uh, I guess the the period right before, or I guess between Christmas and New Year's, that's kind of that time where we have... Uh, well historically we've had this Santa Claus rally so we still have I guess maybe a week or so to go but uh, but overall I think the Santa Claus rally will depend on unfortunately politics. Politics seems to be Ruling the day right now, and a lot of it has to do with the U.S. and China trade talks. Uh, a lot of individual investors keeping a very close eye on that. And anytime there's a tweet or an email or someone goes in front of the cameras, the markets react. And I think, unfortunately for investors, a lot will depend on the politics of the day.
1: Well, uh, interesting. We just had, I thought, a fascinating conversation with our experts on the China situation. Uh, why don't you fill us in on... on how that affected the markets, how what it did to our money,
2: yeah, interesting. So on the day that the the CEO of Huawei was arrested, the markets dropped sharply because I guess investors uh, connected that arrest and obviously at the request of the United States uh, of Canada to the U.S.-China trade talks. And I guess the connection was, you know, would China uh, have a, you know an issue obviously with the arrest? Would they blame it on the U.S. and would that uh, put a damper on the, on trade talks? And I guess. The market thought it would. Turns out it hasn't. But the market that day dropped, I think, close to 800 points initially. And um, obviously, it wasn't investors necessarily, retail investors like myself, pressing the sell button. It were computerized trades that were designed to react negatively on negative news. And that's what we got. And that's what we saw. And the market sold off quite heavily.
1: Is there a long-term impact that we can discern already. We were talking about Huawei. Uh, They're already here. They want their technology to go into our 5G network. A lot of people are saying you better not. And uh, as we heard uh, at least one of our guests saying, you know, this is a cautionary tale about what will happen if we are too involved with
2: China. So, does is that likely to have a long term effect on the stock market you mean or? yeah well, I think overall I think it's it's a yeah, the politics of the whole thing, I think, yeah, it does affect the stock market. And in terms of competition, in terms of you know Canadian telcos or US telcos, obviously it kind of an effect there. But but overall, I think right now, the main effect seems to be from a political standpoint. And it's all about negotiations between the two superpowers in the world right now, the two largest economies, China and the United States. Can they get along? Can they get along together? Will China allow for uh, business businesses to be more free within their country? Will they open up their country more to foreign investment and foreign business? Will they restrict tariffs? Uh, Just recently, they've announced that they're going to lower the tariffs on U.S. automobiles. So it seems like things are moving in the right direction. These headlines about an arrest or whatnot, these are things that just set the market back, that set back the negotiations. And hopefully we don't have many more going forward.
1: Okay. Ellen, I'm going to give the numbers out again because I think it's time to get down to practical questions of what should people do in the light of all of this. Uh, The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free one 866 740 740 I'm here with Alan Small. We've been talking about a pretty rough ride on the markets, part of it because of the subject we started with today, and that being the arrest of the CFO of Huawei in Vancouver based on an extradition request from the Americans. Uh, it's all geopolitics. Uh, it affects the markets. So, What should people do? Uh, We may or may not get our Santa Claus rally. I know people are cleaning up their portfolios at year end. You know, maybe they want to do tax loss selling, maybe something else. So if you've got a question for Alan, please give us a shout. And I have a question for Alan. And again, uh, so uh, with all the drops, is it smart to have a, a reserve in cash at the moment?
2: I think it's always good to have a a cash reserve, Uh, as we say, keep some powder dry four times like this. Uh, You you never want to be fully invested, but at the same time, you don't want to try and time the markets either, because we know historically, statistically, the best times or the best days in the market tend to follow the worst. The best months tend to follow the worst months. And so if you try to time these markets, get out when things seem a little rough, to try and get back in when things are better, you're never going to time it. You're going to get in too late and possibly get out too late as well. And so what I would rather investors do, what I've been doing with my clients is – Looking at their portfolios and trying to figure out what makes sense in today's environment. Here we are, higher interest rates. A bit of a trade war going on, well, a lot of a trade war going on. What names make sense going forward? What are the CEOs of these corporations saying when they report quarterly earnings? They come on, they have a conference call, are they talking about how well their corporation is doing, or are they talking about how much they're being affected by what's going on in the world? And then you can move around your portfolio to fit today's market. And I think that is a better way of looking at it, rather than trying to sell out and move back in. You want to stay invested. But I think you need to continuously move around your money, either be more defensive at times, more aggressive at times. But I think you want to be in this market because you never know when something positive happens. This market could light up like a Christmas tree and go straight up.
1: Okay. Uh, is this a time to be cautious?
2: Yes, uh, I think it is the time to be cautious, but not so much from the political side of things. You know, I think the politics of the day will work itself out eventually. I think it's time to be cautious because of where we are in the market cycle. We know markets tend to move in cycles. And if you ask most in money managers or economists, I think we are in the later innings of this of this game right now. And so... When you get to the, the latter part of a market cycle, you tend to see interest rates rise. You tend to see market growth start to decline a little bit. And I think that's where we're at. But we're definitely not in recession territory. I think we're growing. We may be just growing at one and a half two 2% United States and Canada. But we are growing, growing very slowly. So I think you need to be mindful of that. But I also think there are a lot of bargains out there because I think the market has sold off many, many stocks. In anticipation of a recession, literally expecting a recession is around the corner. And you it,
1: don't think it's coming.
2: And I do not think it's coming around the corner, no. So if that's the case, there are a lot of things on sale right now.
1: Okay. Give us give us some names. Well, what do you like?
2: Well, when you look at the S&P 500, which is the largest index in the United States, you're looking at, I would say, Roughly two-thirds of that market is down greater than 20%. So, there are a lot of names in a lot of different sectors, whether it's technology, whether it's retail, whether it's industrial names, whether it's banks. Look at, you know, and you don't even have to go across the border. You can actually look at our banking sector, Royal Bank down 15%, CIBC down 20%, Bank of Montreal down close to 15 20%. You're seeing a widespread sell-off that tends to happen when the market is expecting some sort of recessionary type of. Uh, of environment. I don't think we're there, and therefore, I think there are a lot of bargains that individual investors can move some money into, still remain conservative and cautious, but move it into some places that make sense.
1: And those bank stocks, they pay dividends so that even if the stock does go down, uh, you could still come out of it okay if that's what you're invested in.
2: Absolutely. And take Bike of Montreal, for example, they just increased their dividend uh, this past quarter. So These investments make sense. If you can get into them very cheaply, which they are right now on a historical basis, on a PE basis, price to earnings multiple, whatever way you want to look at them, these names are cheap, in my opinion, because I do believe they are still growing.
1: Okay, we've got to take a break. I'm going to give the numbers out again. People, don't be shy. Alan Small is here, and he's happy to answer all of your questions about what's going on in the market, what you should do. This is a time when a lot of people... Take stock of what is going on. And and it's, you know, if if you're a Zoomer like we are and you're getting close to the time where you're going to need that money, uh, it's an especially important question. So uh, before we go to break, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. And we will be right back.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. I am here with financial expert Alan Small. We're talking about how all the political developments and the market developments are affecting your money, and he's happy to take your calls and your questions about what you should do. Uh, Let's go to Keith in Rochester. Hi, Keith.
3: There's an old maxim that says stocks are for growth, bonds are for incomes, and insurance is exactly that, insurance. I myself I go into the bond market and try and build what are called bond ladders and then sell them before they reach maturity to of course make a profit. There's also the old uh, axiom of the bond vigilante so I want to tie a fixed income and getting simple income in this up and down choppy market if in fact there's going to be less emphasis on growth what does the guest think about bond ladders and providing, hopefully, hopefully people a, a continuous income from bonds if they are done correctly. They, they don't uh, give as much uh, insofar as when stocks are at their maximum, providing maximum growth in return, but bonds are good for hedging and giving uh, people at least some kind of income, especially in unsteady
2: times. Well, that's a great point, Keith, and I think that bonds are fantastic, and if you do ladder your bond portfolio, that's a, okay, a great Okay, wait,
1: wait, I'm interrupting. Can you explain that, laddering your bond portfolio?
2: Laddering your bond portfolio. So that would mean buying bonds that mature at different times. Right. So buying a one-year, a two-year, a four-year, a five-year. And so what happens is as your bonds mature, you're able to renew at the going rate. And if you believe that interest rates are on the rise, which they are and have been for little while now, your bonds will mature, let's say, a year from now, and the hope is that interest rates are higher, so that bond that's maturing, you can renew it at a higher rate. And then the year later, a new bond will mature, and then you can renew that one at a higher rate. So a bond ladder tends to protect you against interest rate risk, especially if interest rates are rising. And so it is a great strategy uh, to use. Again, it all comes down to what the goals for that investor are. Are the goals to grow? Are the goals to provide income? If the goal is to provide income, absolutely. I think a good corporate bond ladder or even government bonds, depending on the interest rate you need to obtain, is a great strategy. And as the the caller said, you're not in the market and you're outside all this volatility.
1: Uh, That was my next question. So how much? Because we've heard or we've been hearing throughout this low interest period that, you know... it doesn't matter how old you are you still have to be in the market to get any kind of decent return so uh, do you have a standard percentage or again i mean of course it depends on the person
2: it definitely depends on the person and so you know if you can get by today with a 3% rate of return then you can get that in the bond market on a, on a 1 year basis and so uh, it is very possible that if you're an investor that just needs the income You know, to get by on a bought portfolio definitely uh, can happen. It's those individuals that are looking to grow their wealth, grow their portfolio. Then the fixed income market becomes difficult to do that in.
3: Okay, Keith, does that answer your question? Uh, Yes, I wanted to say in closing that uh, this ties in with financial planning. If people know what they need to spend every month, bonds can be a good backup. I fully admit that stocks are what you get for true growth. But if people are really unsure, uh, just as was mentioned, the Trump bump, if they're really unsure about this unsteady climate, you, they could do a lot worse than bonds. And if, in fact, we're heading into recession, and for all of you who hate Trump, if that comes about in 2020, the next presidential year, and he might be pushed from office because of a bad economy, in closing, bonds could be a good backup to continued buying of good stocks.
1: Okay, Keith, thanks Bye. for that. Let's go to Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? <laughs> not
4: bad. <clears throat> One of the things I was thinking about, you were asking about no Christmas, uh, you know, the Christmas rally, we don't seem to see it. But then I look at it, the Christmas rally... We're retailers and suppliers of retail stores that are commodities that people buy. The, most of the retailers now they have various deals throughout the, you know. Throughout the year, it's not all at Christmas anymore. Like, for example, Black Friday is a typical example. They sell more on Black Friday than. Yeah, they Bob,
1: do. I I wasn't talking about retail. There's yeah. there's yeah, a it, thingy it, it in the market the called this, the Santa Claus Rally. It,
4: yeah, it reflects the price. The question I have is, does um does your guests think that they will in the market is um, to cover margin calls with the big decline in, for example, Bitcoin. Like there was trillions of dollars, trillions of dollars in Bitcoin, which has dropped from 20000 down to right now is $3,467. And people who have it on margin, um, their stockbroker will sell whatever they have to cover their losses. And I wonder if that's what's causing the big declines in the last three or four weeks. Is that... Uh, a,
2: is, yeah. Is, is you uh, figure
4: yeah, that has got you, much to do with it.
2: Yeah, you bring up a good point. And I And that's not just necessarily Bitcoin, but I think anybody who has... Uh, buying stock on margin, so people that are being aggressive and, and not just people, corporations and, and whoever, whichever accounts are there buying investments on margin. If we do see a very large fall in the market uh, very quickly, then that obviously will trigger margin calls. And as you said, unfortunately, you know, you, you, if you have a margin call, you you sell what you can, and sometimes you, you obviously have to sell your winners because that's where you're going to start. And so you'll tend to find a lot of the stocks uh, usually when the sell first occurs, you'll find some of the better quality names, some of the names that have gone up the most. That's where the selling begins. And you find, you know, the Apples of the world or the Amazon, some of these big, high-flying tech names. That's where all the selling sort of started off and it's now filtered down into to many other things. But but you make a great point. And I also think one of the other causes of, of, of this market falling so rapidly are the computers, the computerized trades. Keep in mind that a lot of the selling we're seeing over the past couple of months. Months, it's done by computers. Today, there are these individuals that get hired, they develop these algorithms, these computer programs, and these programs are designed to sell or buy whenever anything happens out there in the marketplace, whether it's from a political standpoint or, or anything. And all of a sudden, a cascade of cells will come through. And before you know it, in about five minutes' time, the TSX will go from being up 100 to down 100. And these are computerized trades. They're done very quickly, uh, and know, Thousands and thousands of shares being sold in a very quick uh, quick amount of time. And it also could happen to the upside. A lot of buys could happen as well. So I think the computers, I think the margin calls, and even the ETFs. Keep in mind, when you sell an ETF, you're selling a basket of many different stocks, not just one. So I think even ETF selling has had a hand in what we've seen.
4: Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, like, I don't agree that um, they should allow that. Uh, that kind of trading, because it could collapse the entire market and the whole system. Um,
1: they if put those in some; they're
4: not controlled.
1: They put in stopgap measures after a couple of the big crashes, but you know, uh, I think uh, the the train has left the station on that. Those things are here to stay. Bob, thank you very much for your very call. Good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Um, yeah, I mean, they're not going anywhere.
2: Yeah, you know these traders, these algorithms, the, these computerized trades. This is the the world we live in now, and uh, unfortunately, you know, individuals like myself and other money managers, you know, we can't hit that button fast enough. But you know, these computerized uh, programs are designed to take the market up or down uh, based on what's happening out there. So, based on the arrest when the the CEO was arrested in Vancouver, all of a sudden cascade of trades happened. Market sold off in a matter of minutes. But we've seen it. The, on the other side as well, where buys can happen too, so it goes both ways.
1: Okay, let's go to Mike in Mississauga. Hi, Mike.
5: Hi, thanks for taking my call. You're Enjoying welcome. Show. show. I just have two questions for you, but the first question, um, I'd like to invest some money in a in an income fund that pays monthly distributions. December is a really important month because it it pay, usually pays a di- uh, distribution on the 16th of every month, but December it's when it. Um, it uh it it calculates and it usually the the distribution is three times the amount usually i don't know how it's going to be this year because of uh, of the capital losses that everybody's suffering um so do i buy before the distribution date to take advantage of the two or three times the the normal distribution or do i wait until the actual unit price drops because it usually drops 15, 20, 25 cents after the distribution is paid, usually on the 19th and the 20th. So when do I purchase? Before or after?
2: And that's a great question. And I guess I I was actually going to answer before you answered it for me. What tends to happen is when you get these big distributions, the price of the fund actually falls. And so a lot of individuals will say, well, that's great. I'm getting this big bump, this cash insertion into my portfolio or into my fund. But at the same time, the the price of the fund has dropped. So in the end of the day, what's the offset net net? Are you any further ahead or are you exactly uh, the same as before? So I guess my overall take on income funds at this time of year got to be a little bit ke- a little careful why? Because usually income funds are made up of both stocks and some sort of fixed income bonds, preferred shares perhaps. And right now, as we know, a lot of the bonds, preferred shares, they're being affected by higher interest rates. So bond pricing is falling obviously not good for income funds and at the same token at the same time stocks are falling based on uh, obviously what we've been talking about here markets politics etc so income funds are actually struggling as of late now yes they probably wouldn't be struggling as much as something maybe that's fully invested in the market but income funds even at during this time when income funds historically are more conservative you got to be a little bit careful you got to pick the right one because not all funds will be performing at, at the same level and you just got to be careful Because right now, you'd be hard-pressed to find one asset class that's actually been performing well over the past few months.
5: Can I ask you just about one, one particular fund? Sure. It's, uh, someone was talking to me about this fund, the AGF Dividend Fund. They said, uh, check it out. It's quite a good fund. I don't know if that's a hard question to ask you.
2: Uh, no, uh, the AGF Dividend Fund, I guess it also depends on if it's a global dividend or Canadian dividend. If it's a Canadian dividend, you're probably going to be owning, I think that Canadian dividend fund owns somewhere around 35% Canadian bank stocks. So if you're someone right now that thinks, like I am, bank stocks are pretty cheap, Perhaps a Canadian dividend fund, if you can handle the risk and the volatility that that type of fund will bring to you, might not be a bad investment right now. And again, as you are, as you've said, it will pay you a pretty steady dividend because the bank stocks are paying a pretty good dividend. What's right risky
1: now. about a, a bank? bank stocks in Well,
2: bon- well uh, you know, the risky part would be, yes, they're not yeah, going to disappear, but yeah. as I said earlier, bank stocks down, what Royal Bank, I think, is down about 15% uh, over the past three months, uh, so right now, bank stocks are, are falling in value just like everything else, yeah. but like we said, you want to buy when things are down, and you want to sell when things are up, so perhaps this could be a time to make some purchases.
1: Okay, Thank Mike, you. you're very welcome. Uh, so, Bottom line, this is a good time of year. I mean, you really should be having a look at what's going on in that portfolio.
2: Absolutely. And you mentioned also the the tax loss selling. And I think that's something I've been doing with my clients. And for those that are listening, tax loss selling, very simply, is if you have a capital gain. So if you've taken some profits earlier in the year, and you're coming down to, to the end of the year, perhaps you have some Uh, investments in your portfolio that you could do without for the next 30 days. And then you go ahead and sell those, take a bit of a, a capital loss that will offset some of the earlier capital gains that you have and, and offset the tax burden or the taxes that you would have to pay on those capital gains. And then you could always buy back that investment after 30 days. So
1: Or it's a good way to get rid of your dogs. Uh, good, and it's a good
2: way to get rid of your dogs as well. And unfortunately, I'm sure we all have a few of those this year with the market being as volatile as it is.
1: It just um, before we have to wrap things up, uh, as a general, do you have a,
2: any kind of... General principle about what to do at this time for people well, I think right now I, I think you want to be, as we said earlier, cautiously optimistic. I think you want to you know not just you know you know I hired some people recently i don't want to open up my statement I don't want to look at my stuff I, I get it, I understand, but I think at this point in time, just understand that the economy is growing we're not in a recession. What you see and what you the reasons for your, your portfolio dropping, unfortunately, have a lot to do with what's going on from a political standpoint, geopolitics. It's not market fundamentals that's moving this market as crazily as it's moved. So keep that in mind. Keep a level head and make the right decisions. And I think there's a lot out there that you can be investing in today that will make sense going forward.
1: Okay. So, um, yep. And we can still hope for that Santa Claus rally. We have
0: a couple of weeks
2: left.
1: Okay. Alan Small, thank you so much for that.
0: Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.